0: Last week, Pastor Sam started a series about success uh, and, and, that, and what is it? how God wants to move us to success. Now, the interesting thing is at the same time, we had this men's conference, Stronger. And, and I want to pick up this thing because I actually believe this is a key to success. Uh, and, and this is more than just a cool, like, brand name for a conference. This is a major theme of Scripture and a major mandate that God wants to make you strong so that you can take hold of the success that He's got for you. Uh, God wants you stronger. God, The key to your success is God wants to empower you to make you stronger, to take hold of all that He's got for you. Um, many of you would know this passage from um, Joshua. You know, again, if you know the bible if you don't come to bible college next year but but Joshua has mandated us to take the promised land, to take hold of successful God. And the call to him is this. Come on, Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous. Second, you need to be strong and very courageous. Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? See, your success is dependent on you finding the strength of God to take hold of it. He doesn't say, Joshua, pray more, Joshua. Seek me more, Joshua, sing more. It's come on, Joshua, you need to be strong. You need to be see often we churches around a spirituality of being vulnerable or being weak or being open, and that's all great, but that's only a step that ultimately God wants to make you strong. Because <clears throat> God wants you to take hold of the promises. And and the thing that's going to determine your success is do you find strength in God? And I want to tell you today, God wants to make you strong. If you're feeling weak and vulnerable today, I want to show you what strength in God looks like, and I want to show you the key to move from weakness to strength, from brokenness to strength, from vulnerability to strength, from failure to strength, because God is in the business of making you strong. You know, it's a major theme throughout Scripture. Ephesians, finally, be strong. Like, after everything else, that's all the platform, but here's where the rubber hits the road. Come on, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in his power. Come on, God wants to make you strong today. You know, another one, 2 Timothy, you then, my son, be strong in the grace. We often think of grace as, oh, well, I'm just a broken sinner, but thank God I'm saved by grace. No, no, grace empowers you to be strong. Yeah, it meets you at your point of vulnerability. It meets you at point of your weakness, but it makes you strong. Come on, God wants to make you strong today. Uh, Romans, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. I know that every leader in this church, their one desire today is the opportunity to impart something into your life that you go out of this place stronger than when you came in. We want to impart something to make you strong. I want to impart something this morning that makes you strong, that you came in here and you go out stronger. Um, you know, Pastor Sam did the series uh, thing about, you're a big kid now, come on the call to grow up. Interesting in scripture, one of the, one of the themes of growing up is you, you attain strength. Come on, that's one of the difference between a little child is you can't do anything for yourself, but part of growing up is you take responsibility, you're strong enough to do some stuff for yourself. And again, if you look at the start of Luke, this is about John the Baptist and Jesus. Top ones, don't the bad. The child grew and became strong. Jesus, the child grew and became strong. Come on, part of this call to grow up is, come on, pick up strength. Begin to become strong in God. Begin to let God transform you. He meets you in a place of weakness, <clears throat> but then he makes you strong. You know, I, this is a fantastic uh, verse. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little this, <clears throat> will himself restore you and make you strong. See, God meets you at your point of vulnerability, but he doesn't want you staying there. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore you. And what does restored look like? Strong, firm, and steadfast. Come on, that's the end. Not not weak and vulnerable, but strong, firm, and steadfast. Man, that you go into life strong, firm, and steadfast. That's what God's got for you. I want to look at a passage. Sorry, excuse my voice. I hope you can survive. I want to look at a passage in the Old Testament about some people who were strong. I want to show you what strong looks like, and then I want to show you the key to how they became strong. Is that okay? It's found in 2 Samuel. First and Second Samuel are the story of David's life, and at the end of it, it talks about these mighty men who were with David. Uh, and, and, and it lists them, and it lists some of the stuff. Now, this is real kind of chest-pumping, testosterone kind of filled stuff, so it was all rah-rah with the men's conference, but I want you to translate this into your world. What does strength look like in your world? And just, uh, I, you may want, I just want to give a bit of a framework to look at their stories. So this Old Testament scholar studied strength in the, in the Old Testament and Psalms, and he says this, strength regularly implies the ability to defend, rescue, or defeat. Can you say those three words with me? Defend, rescue, defeat. Come on, you need to get that. I'm strong to defend, I'm strong to rescue, I'm strong to defeat. That covers the whole thing of your life. My present reality, I'm strong enough to defend it. Devil, you're not gonna come and take stuff away from me. I'm gonna stand against you. I'm strong enough to resist you but I'm also, I'm also strong for my past. Things that the devil took away, do you know what? I'm now strong enough to go and take them back. I'm gonna rescue them. I'm not just gonna say, well, it's too late. I'm strong to defend my present, but I'm strong to rescue my past. And as I look into my future, I'm strong to defeat the enemies that stand between me and my future. Come on, your past is covered, your present is covered, your future is covered. I'm strong to defend, I'm strong to rescue, I'm strong to defeat. Come on, that's the mandate. God wants you strong. And and when we look at these stories, I want to sh- that kind of gives a bit of a grid to understand some of these things. So. This is like real, uh, you know, Marvel comic, wrestling, whatever, MMA kind of crazy stuff. But you just translate. So these guys, he raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Talk about strong to defeat. It's not like, well, I've had this little problem I've been struggling with for five years. It's like, no, no, in one day I took down 800 problems in one encounter. There's a definition of a mighty man of strength. Now, maybe in your context, that's a well, one of my kids is sick. I got to get the others to school. I got to pay the rent. I got to do this. I don't know what, but who knows? Life problems don't come one at a time. But God wants to make you strong to take down multiple problems in one go. Come on, what stands between you and your future? He wants you to be strong to defeat those things. You know, the second next to him was Eliezer. This guy, <coughs> uh, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines. He said, Then it says this, then the Israelites retreated, but Eliezer stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eliezer, but only to strip the dead. See, he's standing, and these things are coming against him, and everyone else flees, and he's like, I'm not backing down. You're not taking this stuff. The first guy defeated the things that blocked his future, but this guy defended his present. I don't care if anyone, anyone else flees. Devil, you're not taking this stuff. And by the time everyone else came back, there were no more battles to fight. They just had to clean up the mess. But come on, there's a strong to defend, I'm not backing down, you're not having my family, you're not having that kid, you're not having my marriage, you're not destroying this ministry. I don't care if everyone runs away, I stand against you and God has made me strong to defend what he's given me. Come on, I'm strong to defeat, but I'm strong to defend as well. Here's another example, next to him was this guy when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field of lentils, Israel's troops fled, but this guy took a stand in the middle of the field. He defended it, struck the Philistines down. Seriously, lentils, that's your soup mix. Like, who gives a rip? Like, they want the field. It's not worth dying. It's not a hill worth dying on. This guy's like, I don't care how little it is. Devil, you're not having it. I will fight. Even if it's my soup mix, you're not having it. There's something that's got to get some strength in you. That goes, I am going to defend everything. That's mine and Jesus. You know, this time, during harvest time, (coughs) three of these chief warriors came to David in this camp. Uh, At verse 14, at that time, David was in the stronghold. The Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. Remember, Bethlehem's David's hereditary city. So it's been lost to him. David longed for water and said, oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. (coughs) Thank you, that's a good idea. <clears throat> so the three mighty warriors broke through the philistine lines drew water from the well near the gate and carried it back to david david refused to drink it instead he poured it out before the lord far be it from me lord to do this he said is not the blood of men who at, went at the risk of their lives david would not drink it it's like seriously it's like it's like oh, i feel like a drink and and these guys are like he should have that that belongs to him. We're not prepared like the rescue. I'm strong to defend. I don't care if it's currently occupied. That belongs to David. He deserve. If he wants to drink a water from his hereditary, well, what? It, well, we're just gonna get it for him. And even David is an all like man. That kind of devotion is only appropriate to God. But people who are so strong. So I don't care if the devil's taking it back. If it belonged to me, I'm taking it back. See, I'm strong to defend. I'm strong to rescue, and I'm strong to defeat. Come on, God wants that kind of strength in your life. You know, such are these exploits. This guy, he raised a spear against three hundred men whom he killed, and so he became as famous as them. This guy, a valiant fighter, he struck down Moab's two Midas warriors. I love this next sentence. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Like, it's not enough to say he killed a lion. You know, that's to talk about David. David killed a lion. This guy's like, no, the lion was in a pit. Like, it's not, I stumbled across it. I'm stuck in this, it's like an MMA cage. I went in there with a lion. And he didn't like, he didn't just find himself. He chose to go down in there. And just for a bit more detail, and it happened to be a snowy day as well. Like, everything's against me, but I don't care. If there's an enemy, he's going down. That's what mighty looks like. That's what strong looks like. You know, and then he this guy, although he struck down a huge Egyptian, not just a, not just a little Egyptian, he's a huge one. And although the Egyptian had a spear and this guy only had a club, who knows if you've got a club and the other guy's got a spear, you're in trouble. But he doesn't care. He snatched the spear from his hand and killed him with his own spear. Go on, you need a bit of like, I want that kind of strength there's something standing before me, I'm going to defend what's mine, I'm going to rescue what used to be mine, and I'm going to defeat what's standing in the way of my future, because God wants to make me strong. You know, he goes on uh, about this guy, and then he talks about, then they'd go through all these 30 guys, they were just famous for being strong. Incredible. Here's the deal, they weren't always like that. At the start of the account, oh, that's better, isn't it? At the start of the account, it says this. All those who are in distress or debt or discontented. How do you go from being distressed, debt, and discontented and end up strong to defend, to rescue, and to defeat? I mean, I might be pushing it, but you can even see the parallels. My present reality is I'm in distress. From my past, I'm in debt, and when I look at my future, I'm discontent that I'm stuck here and I can't move forward. It's, so my present sucks, my, fi- my past sucks, and my future sucks. But somehow God puts strength in them that says I can defend my present, I can take back my past, and I can break into my future. See, that's the kind of strength God wants to put into you. God wants you strong. God wants you st- So How did they do that? Well, it doesn't record, it doesn't record so much their transformation, but it records a similar transformation for their leader David, and 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 is second the chapter before the account of the mighty men, Second Samuel 22, has has like David wrote a whole lot of psalms, eh? But when they decided to record his life, they picked one Psalm, Psalm 18, and they copied and pasted it into the end of Second Samuel and then go, you wanna understand David's life, read this story. This is a story of someone who discovered the strength in God. So there's some keys in here. I wanna show you how God go out stronger. See, it starts off with a sense of celebrating who God is. He's my stronghold. I discover that God is strong. Everything starts there. I discover God is strong, and there's this great sense of where many of us begin with God. I called to the Lord, and this, the waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The of, snares of death confronted me. Ever been a time when you've just been overwhelmed? And many of us, that's the point where we open up to say, I actually need God. You know, and because and, and in, in my distress, Remember? Started with distress. That's where the mighty men started. David started. I'm distressed. And and that's where we start with God. And the great thing is this picture of God kind of rousing himself to come and fight on your behalf. You know, the smoke rose from his nostrils. How cool is that? Consuming fire from his mouth. Like God is angry because you're in distress and you go, and it's like, like this is wrong. I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna come and do something on their behalf. You know, and and This might seem a bit weird, but just remember this for about a minute's time. That God, he shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. That God rises up and he destroys your enemy. Because you can't handle it at that point. You're in distress, you're just going, help God, please get me out of this situation. If you get me out of this, I'll never do this again. Help God. And God in his mercy and grace and love rises up and smashes your enemies. You know, Because the point is this, he rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. Everyone starts there, everyone has some area in my life where it's like, I just can't beat this thing. God, you've got to help me, I'm in distress. I keep thinking I get free and then it just reels me, I, it's too strong for me. But here's the thing, there's, there's a, there's a, if you jump down to the end of the psalm, it, there's a transition and it begins to change. Everyone starts with, I discover God's my stronghold when I'm in distress and, I, and my enemies are too strong for me. And praise God, when I called out of my distress, he came and rescued me. Here, you start there, but God doesn't want to leave you there. Pastor Sam's message, it's time to grow up. That's baby faith. It's perfectly valid, but you don't camp there. And you begin to see this transition in verse 30. Notice this, with your help, I can advance. With my God, I can scale a war. God wants to change. God wants to come alongside you and go, okay, I rescued you, but I don't want to just come in and be the one who saved. I now want to come alongside you and help you begin to take some victories. I want to help you overcome some obstacles. I want to start putting strength in you. You've discovered that my God, who's my, your strength for you, but now I want to come and put strength into you. That's what I'm talking about this morning. God wants to put strength into you, that you go out stronger. You go out stronger. You know, it comes on, it is God who arms me with strength. You see where it's going? He's starting to go, now I'm feeling strength. God's putting strength inside of me. I'm now the one who gets the victories. I'm now the one who confronts the obstacles. I'm now the one who finds a way through this. Rather than, oh God, please just do it for me. God's like, come on no, I now, I want to partner with you. Come on, I want to train you to take this thing down. I want to put strength in you. You know, and this, he trains my hands for battle. And here's the why I pointed out the bow. My arms now bend the bow of bronze. I now do the damage. I now rise up and defeat the enemies. I now rise up and rescue what's been taken. I now rise up and defend what the enemy's trying to take. Come on, God wants to train you for battle. Come on, there's a battle for your future. There's a battle for your past. There's a battle for your future. God wants to train you to take those things. God wants you to be strong. You know, he armed me with strength. The end is not, oh, it was too big, but thank God he came and saved me. No, you start there, but he wants you to go, God has now put me, put strength inside of me. These things are going down because God has trained me and put strength in me. And the final thing, this is great. By the, remember the start, David's crying out for help. By the end, his enemies are crying out for help. Come on, it's time, to put, it's time to stop living timid, fearful lives and put the fear of God into the things that are trying to rob you. Come on, that's where God wants to take you to. That your enemies are like, oh no, Pastor Scott's coming, we're in trouble. Help, somebody help, call some reinforcements. Scott's on his way. Come on, (laughs) you know, and this, here's the final. They come trembling from their strongholds. It's like it's not even worth trying to resist Pastor Kathy. It's not even worth trying to resist Adam. It's not even worth trying to resist Edwin because I know that they're so strong. We might as well just give up now and walk out of our stronghold because we've encountered a people who are so strong in God. They're strong to defend, they're strong to rescue, and they're strong to defeat and we haven't got a hope. Come on, it's time to make the devil call the white flag. He was already defeated 2,000 years ago. He's calling your bluff that you can't defeat him. It's time for him to know there's a people of God who know who they are in God, and God is what strengthened them, and there's no turning back. And so at the, you know, finished was this celebration, and then with this great thing, he gives his king great victories. At the end of this, I I just feel like there's this anointing that you would know you're a queen in God who, who God is gonna give victories to. Come on, you're royalty. You're a king in God and he's gonna give you victories. Come on, you're not the scum of the earth. Come on, you're not nothing to God. You're kings and queens of heaven and God wants to give you great victories. Come on, that's what you're called to do, to live from that place and win great victories for God. And and we're going to finish there in a little bit of time. But how do you get from, how do you do all that? So the start was, oh God, I'm in distress. Please help me. You be my stronghold. At the end, it's like, He's now trained me for battle. I've got strength and I'm destroying my enemies and they're giving up on their strongholds. How do you get from that one to this one? How do you get up from distress, uh, in debt, and discontented to strong to defend, rescue, and defeat? How do you move there? Well, the middle of the Psalm, Psalm 18 or 2 Samuel 22, shows the pivot point. Here's what everything pivots on. And, and, and the segue into it is this. He, rescued, he brought me out into a spacious place. Why? He rescued me because he delighted in me. See, we want God to give us a victory out there. God's gotta change something inside of us. The real, bit, see, the devil's lost. The battle is in your mind and heart because he plants a seed that you come into agreement with him and God's, the, the pivot point for finding strength is a shift in something internal that goes, God delights in me. God's for me. God's favor is on me. If you think that's difficult, the next, the next it's a stanza in a poem, the next paragraph, most of us would find it really weird to read this and find, and just we don't know what to do with it. This is what, this is the center of this. This is the pivot point. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he's rewarded me. How many people go, oh, stink, that rules me out then? See, that's the problem. That's what you gotta get, because that's the pivot point to finding strength. Come on, you're in righteousness in Christ. You're clean, you're free. He delights in you, he's for you. That's your position in Christ, and you start there. But I want to suggest it only becomes real when you begin to outwork that in certain areas and you begin to pick up momentum and say, yeah, a year ago, this part of my life was unclean, but you know what, now, I'm yeah, I'm clean in Christ, but I'm actually living out. I've found cleanness in this area. Yeah, this part of my life five years ago was unrighteous, but actually, I know I'm righteous in Christ, but I've actually implemented it. I'm actually free in this area. I'm taking back more and more territory. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be, and more and more, I am standing at a place where, devil, I know you're defeated, and I've made it work in my life, and my testimony is this. You know, it goes on. I've kept the ways of the Lord. You know, this is the guy that committed adultery with Bathsheba, murdered her husband, did all kinds, and yet he's come to this place where he has this confidence in God that he's just right with God. This is the pivot point to finding your strength, all his laws are before me. I've not turned away from his decrees. I've been blameless before him. Just in case you missed the first part, he repeats it. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness and according to my cleanness in his sight. Do you know what? The battle for your future and your success is not against things out there. It's in here and in here. It's against the lies. It's against the wounds. It's against the self-talk that causes you when the devil whispers, you just agree with him. Yeah, I'm not worthy. Yeah, I'm always going to be a failure. Yeah, it might work for other people. It's not going to work for me. Yeah, I'm never going to beat this thing. Yeah, I'm never going to be a success. Come on, that's the battleground for your success because that's the battleground for your strength. How are we going for a talk? <clears throat> um, last year, Pastor Sam did this series about free indeed, and, and it was based on this verse. Just a quick bit of a tangent to fill in. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it. See, here's your problem. We think, oh, my problem is I sinned. And, And he's like, no, no, yeah, that's a problem, but that's actually not your big problem. Your problem is that when you keep doing that, you're a slave to sin. But even that's not your main problem. The main problem is this, that you sin, and when you keep doing it, you're a slave to sin, but your biggest problem is then a slave has no permanent place in the family that the devil keeps whispering, you don't belong here. I own you, you're never gonna get free. You may try and impress these people that you're a nice Christian now, but you and I know I own you. And that's why you gotta get the victory in here and here. That now I'm a son or a daughter. No devil, that's a lie. Because otherwise that robs your strength. Um, The people at Bethel Church released this book a few weeks ago called Shifting Atmosphere. Some people talk about strongholds or spirits. So I like this, at, this phrase, atmospheres. There's atmospheres in our homes, there's atmospheres in our workplaces, atmospheres in our cities, yeah, and they basically say our mandate is to shift atmospheres. But the point is this, you can't shift an atmosphere when the atmosphere is in here and in here. And, and so she says this, our ability to discern atmospheres, spirits and mindsets comes after we first establish our normal. See, God wants to establish a new normal of the atmosphere that you live in. I'm a child of God. He delights in me. I'm clean. I'm his righteousness. His favor is on me. I'm with him. You know, uh, by normal, I mean how we think and feel on a regular basis. Our normals are made up of the internal truths that govern our lives. These can be truths like God is good and he loves me all the time or lies like nobody wants me or I am unloved. See, the battle is to change, the, to get a new normal for what's in here and in here. Because that's the pivot point to you finding strength. So they go through some things. Um, Christians who have a healthy normal easily discern their enemy's atmosphere's lies because the voices feel foreign. When you walk into an environment and it's like you're a loser, it's like, where's that coming from? Because that's not true. But when you agree with it on the inside, you can't resist it. Uh, For years, I used to go to Christian conferences and stuff, and I always feel like I don't belong, no one likes me, I don't fit in here. That was not in the conference. That was in here and in here. Come on, what's the voice that you're familiar with, that you keep going back to, that holds you back from finding strength? Just a few examples of some things they go through. Um, Healthy normal. Man, we did this at college on Thursday. I was walking up to the class Going, knowing I was going to do this and God just put one word in my throat, surgery. I'm going to do surgery on people. And two hours later, all the weeping and sobbing and snot stopped, it's like, "This is powerful stuff. This is the pivot point of your life, of finding strength. You know, healthy, normal is courage. This is point. This is biblical truth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am powerful in Christ. God is my protector. Unhealthy normal, there's no way I can do this. I'm not smart enough to pull this off. No one is for me, I have to protect myself. This orphan spirit that says I don't belong, I'm not good enough, no one loves me, the world is a scary place, like that's the thing you've gotta beat. And find a new normal. Another one, accepted, I'm a child of God. My colleagues value me even when we disagree. It's the problem, iron sharpens iron. We can disagree about stuff, but we care for each other. Uh, Unhealthy normal is rejected. I feel like God does not even know I exist. No one wants to hear my opinion. If someone ignores me or someone rejects what I say, they're rejecting me. It's like, no, no, no. No, that's in here and here, and God wants to change that. Another one, peace. Even in hard times, God is with me. Even as I rest, God is protecting me. Unhealthy normal. I just want it all to end. I can't handle it. What I'm doing, this was such a bad idea. Come on, God has made you competent to do all things in him. Come on, God has put courage inside of you. That's the healthy normal. When you start feeling those things, you go, I'm not gonna partner with that because that's not the truth of God. And I know that. Love, I'm so excited to share the love of God with others. I may not like you right now, but I'm still gonna respect you. (laughs) Selfishness. These people are a waste of my time. I'll invest into this relationship, but only if I get something back. You don't wanna be partnering with that spirit. You know, another one. This is about sexuality. It's kind of focused on marriage, but you know, self-control. I choose to forgive my wife, husband, for not meeting all my needs. That looks fun, but it's probably not the best decision. That looks ex- that looks ex- no. Seriously, that looks exciting, but that will destroy my life. So I'm not going to do it. Versus the other side, I'll just take care of these my needs myself. I'm so miserable. I'll just do it anyway, and who cares? Do you see the this is the pivot point of your success? When you overcome this, you find strength. Couple more, healthy normal, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Unhealthy normal, self-hatred, I feel like I'm a mistake. I can't, it's not my right to share what some of the students shared, but you know, some of us have lived with language all my life, you're a failure, you're rejected, you're never gonna amount to anything. Like there's the battle place. It's not the devil, it's that stuff. And I need a new healthy normal. So when I walk into an environment I feel like you're a loser, no one likes you. I go, devil, I see you and I'm not partnering with that. That's not the truth. Prosperity, God wants to bless me. God knows what I need. Poverty, I just have to work harder for what I need. I'll never have enough. I'm scrambling, there'll never be enough. The money will flow through my fingers. I'm always gonna be desperate. Purpose, God has plans for my life. God is going to make sure I get where I'm supposed to be. This is a confident that he will take me to what he's purposed in my life. Other people are like, why am I like, I'm afraid of missing my car. Oh no, did I make a mistake and now it's all over. Come on, God is big enough to redeem your mistakes and still get you to where he wants you to go. That's the new healthy normal. The devil's like, no, you screwed up, it's all over. There's no plan B. Come on, God God is bigger than that. God has a joy and a bounty and a, a laughter, a belly, like he can pull it all together still. Come on, you need a new normal hope, I can succeed at this, God will defend me, hopelessness, what if I fail, why expect good things, it's like I've learned to protect, don't expect anything good, then you'll never be disappointed, see that's a lie in here and here, no my new healthy, I expect things to come together, I expect things to work out, I expect unforeseen things to come my way, because God is a good God, Joy, I can experience laughter throughout the day. Maybe I can get the keyboardist to come up. Even though this is hard, I know God is working his plans through me versus I'm so lonely and I'm happy everyone is against me. It's like, yeah, this is tough, but come on, God's with me. I have friends around me. Come on, we can do this. You know, I love what Pastor Sam some, sometimes says. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Run out of money, the church closes. He says, my wife still loves me. My girls love me. It's like, you know, it's like, it's okay. Whereas, like, oh no, if I fail, it's all over. People are going to think I'm terrible. No one's going to like me. It's all, no, no, come on. You need a new, healthy, normal. How about you stand? God wants to make you strong. God meets you at the point of distress, bondage to debt, and discontent. But He doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to make you strong to defend what's yours. Strong to rescue what's been lost. As far as it's up to you, other people have their choices as well. But as far as it's up to you, I'm going to take back what's mine and strong to defeat the enemies that are stopping my future. But the pivot point of your success is establishing a new normal in your heart. And often it's unmasking lies. I'm going to go through this a bit slower tonight, if you want to come back and go through it a bit slower. But right now, God often brings back as you listen to those, maybe there was one that stood out to you that like, oh my goodness, that's like, that's the cloak that I do life in. That's the cloak that feels familiar. Uh, why, do, why have I bought into that? And it's like, I don't want to partner with that anymore. The great thing is real simple to deal with it. You just kind of have the sense, God, where did that come from? Often it's something that's been spoken over you when you were young or something that was done to you, that you've picked this up and it's established a normal inside of you. And you just go, and as you, if you haven't, God showed, you don't go digging for stuff, but if God shows you something, you're just aware of it and you go and you think, is there someone I need to forgive in there that did something, that said something? Because I want to release that from my life. So you just say, God, I, I forgive the people that put that into my life. Maybe they couldn't help it. Maybe you grew up in a poor family. Forgive your mum and dad that they couldn't provide what, what you needed. It's not their fault, but you just forgive them. And then you go, Lord, I don't want to partner with this anymore. I want, I want this to just slide off my life. And then you just say, God, what's the truth you want me to know? What's the new normal that you want in my heart? It's not hopeless. hopeless. Come on, there's hope. God, it's not disappointment. It's an expectation of surprise gifts coming your way. I felt like God uh, woke me up in the middle of last night and I saw this picture of like Jesus, sounds a bit weird, and angels just putting their hand on people's chests and imparting something into them. And this might be weird, but I just invite you, if you, you know, God's that you put your hand in, on your chest as like a physical symbol of, and you just let, you feel, and you, you just by faith go, Jesus is imparting something different into my heart right now. Jesus is imparting a new normal. Jesus is putting something in there that's the pivot point to my strength and therefore, it's the pivot point to my success. Just feel that hand on your chest. I know it's your hand, but just, come on, that, that's the angels of God. That's Jesus. Just stay, just going to keep the keyboard low from minute, and just let Jesus impart something. Some of you have been in wilderness times for a long time. God wants to start a new season. A new normal is fruitfulness. Springtime is your new normal. Some of you have this voice, just failure, failure, failure. Come on, where did that come from? Forgive the people who did stuff, said stuff that made that your normal. So I'm not going to partner with that voice anymore. Let God impart success into your heart. Come on, where things have withered that you tried. Come on, now they're going to thrive. That's your new normal. Holy Spirit, impart something into people's spirits. Just do a gentle divine surgery right now. Presence is just going to come and settle on you. Come on, comfort is your new normal. Come on, security is your new normal. Come on, rest is your new normal. Come on, faithfulness is your new normal. Come on, fruitfulness is your new normal. Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit's just kind of hovering just let him I know that's your hand, you might think it's done, but no, that's, that's that's the imprint of the hand of Jesus. It's the imprint of the angels of God that are imparting something into you. Come on, boldness where there was timidity. Come on, laughter where there's been sadness. Come on, tenderness where there's been hardness. Come on, voices of anger and violence. Come on, peace, harmony, reconciliation. Come some of you d- don't doubt that this is God. Come on, faith and hope. Come on, He's a good God. He is so lovely. He is so lovely. He is so beautiful. He loves doing beautiful things in our lives. He meets us in our distress, but He heals our hearts that positions us to now be strong to take hold of success. There's going to come an anointing now around that phrase, he gives his kings great victory. Come on, he gives his queens great victory. Come on, you're a queen of God. You're going to to win great victories for him. Come on, you're a king of God. Come on, your destiny is to win great victories. Come on, you let something just stick up in your heart. You let something stir up in your heart. Come on, you have a destiny.
1: You're a queen. You are a king.
0: There are great victories